Welcome to the Virtual Center for Health and Wellness, Advancing the Human Condition podcast. Our mission is to improve the human condition by learning from highly competent professionals and their contribution to their respective fields. I am the Center's Director, Dr. Aurelia Beckler, and today I want to welcome Dr. Grayson Kimball, Program Chair for the Sports Psychology Program at North Central University, mental performance coach running his own practice in the Boston area. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to this podcast today. Um, this is such a beautiful topic we're going to talk about uh, that you call grateful running, and I want to I want to learn more about it. Tell me what is grateful running. So grateful running, just the name is the title of my book, um, but it actually stems from two of my passions, which is the Grateful Dead and marathon running. And I merged the two together. Uh, this idea happened way back in 2006. Uh, I was actually training for the Chicago Marathon at the time. And, you know, on every run, I'm always listening to the Grateful Dead and always using mental training skills. And as my uh, uh, profession was starting to grow and I was gaining more experience and giving all these workshops. I was saying to myself, you know, this is really, really helpful stuff and I need to put this into a book. So I'd come back from a, from a run, you know, make, make notes. And it took a good, I would say five years, um, of just writing, editing, thinking, changing, revising. And then I believe it was 2000, 10, the first version of Grateful Running came out. Uh, as soon as it came out, I was already working on making some changes to it. And uh, once the pandemic hit, actually, um, I had the time to make some of those revisions and some of those changes. So uh, about a year and a half ago, the second edition of Grateful Running came out. And so that's that's the genesis behind the book, the idea. Uh, and uh, again, obviously merging it, you know, under the uh, mental coaching, but again, taking the running uh, a specific area and the Grateful Dead and merging it together into Grateful Running. It's so powerful. And I, I have to tell you, I've always dreamt to be a runner and I am not, and I'm terrified of becoming a runner. So I would love to learn more about how do I, how does one mental train, right, towards towards running. Yeah, well, so you brought up a, a really good point, you know, that you want to be a runner, but you're fearful of running and so forth. So when any athlete, and if we use a runner, when any athlete, if they create what I call an avoidance mindset, right, mm -hmm. they will figure out a reason not to do something, even though they want to do it, right? It's really easy for them to think of why I can't do it right well i've never been a runner and i'm too old so why start now or you know i heard that people who run are going to have bad knees by the time that they're 60 and i don't want that to happen to me right and yep. we don't even know if that's true whatever so we get we develop that avoidance mindset and we'll go through whatever we possibly can to convince ourselves that this isn't for me so i like to kind of shape you know i guess reshape it and and structure the mindset of having now that that achievement mindset and the achievement mindset is okay this is what i want to do and here is how i'm going to do it and you know when you have more of that achievement mindset you're more likely to set more realistic goals and uh, and then once you start the process okay like i'm not going to go out and run a marathon tomorrow let me see if i can run a mile 
right? And then, you know, maybe the following week, it's a mile and a half. And then maybe in three weeks, I'm running two miles. So you literally, you know, progressively start and, you know, training for a marathon is a marathon. I mean, it, it's, it can take anywhere, you know, from five to six months. Uh, and I've worked with many runners, uh, coaching them mentally. And also when I've coached marathon teams, like designing the whole program and, 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 and so forth, I have people that have never run before ever, but they're, they want to raise money for a particular charity and they're going to do it for the marathon. And so they literally start with a baseline of zero and five months later, they're out there running the Boston Marathon. So you talked about starting at one mile, right? And mm -hmm. I have to tell you, during the pandemic, I thought I could. I, I, this is going to be my goal. But I think after I don't know two hundred yards, <laughs> I thought to myself, okay, can I really do that? How does one start from really having no running experience? How, what is that journey of that that initial aspect of the journey? What does that look like? Well, so when you set out to do something, the, the end goal is you want to feel good about yourself. So, okay, if I've never run before and I want to run, even just, you know, set the goal of like a 5K road race, you know, and a 5K is 3.1 miles, right? Mm -hmm. So you might say, okay, on day one of my training, I'm literally going to try to run a half a mile, right? Mm -hmm. And you can map it out. Okay, it's from here down the street and back. That is a half a mile. And you do it, right? And again, not that you have to run the full thing. You might run to the end of the street, then you might walk for a minute and then slowly get back into a jog and then you're back to your house and then you get that half a mile. Well, the goal was to make it through that half a mile. You mm -hmm. did it. That should make you feel good. And you don't have to, again, run the entire time because you've never run before, right? Like yeah. half a mile, that's the longest that I've ever run. And then maybe the next day you go out, you do another half mile. And then once that half mile starts to get a little easy, which it will, like the yeah. more you, you stick with it, then it's okay, maybe three quarters of a mile, right? And then that becomes the next goal. And then again, and it might take you a week, right, to reach yeah. that, that number. But the point is, once you start achieving these goals, every time you do it, you really start to feel good about yourself. And mm -hmm. when you feel good about yourself, you want to continue to feel good about yourself. And then by setting these manageable, challenging, yet realistic goals, even though in your mind, well, it's only a mile, like this guy's running 15 miles. Well, that's that guy. Like, let's not compare ourselves mm -hmm. to someone else. You know, my goal isn't to run a marathon. My goal is to run a 5K. I have to be able to run 3.1. And I'm just starting slowly, slowly, slowly. Uh, and then next thing you know, you're running a mile, you're running two miles. And then at that point with anything, if you can run two miles, when you're yeah. done with that run, if you said to yourself, if it was life or death and I had to run one more mile, could I do it? And your answer is probably yes, right? And it's the same with yeah. somebody who's training for a marathon, right? They might run 18 miles for a training run and it's a pretty taxing 18 miles. But if they say, if I had to go one more, could I do it, right? And 99% of the time I could, it may not be my fastest mile, but I could probably still go that one extra mile. And so again, it's those little successes that start to build confidence. I love it because there's a there's a significant shift between the beginning process of, of just being okay with where you are and embracing 
being a beginner and then at some point putting that pressure there's there's that point where you say okay now you're going to think what if you needed to run extra and i love i love that shift i'm going to actually try it and i promise you i'm going to follow up with you okay. and, and tell you what i'm doing um is it possible for somebody to become a runner if they have a physical injury Yeah, um, I know uh, just you're looking at one. So I've had, you know, numerous injuries, um, you know, and, and I've trained runners who, you know, they, they're starting their marathon training. They're relatively healthy, although they might say, you know, I had something up with my knee, you know, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Three weeks into training, they're at physical therapy, you know, the, the knee is not good, yeah. but I still want to run this marathon. And we just really modify their, their training program and they end up doing it and again that's more of the extreme case because that person you know made that commitment uh, to run the, the 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 marathon but if you just wanted to start recreationally running and if you said well you know my feet kind of hurt a little bit when i run or i've noticed after a mile or two like my knee starts to act up a lot of that stems from improper footwear. So it's like, well, I bought a $200 pair of sneakers. That has to help. There could be a $200 you know, dollar pair of sneakers, but is it the right sneaker for you? Like, do you have flat feet? You know, do you have, yeah. you know, do you pronate? Do you, and because of that, you might need orthotics. You know, you might need a different type of shoe. Uh, and actually a less expensive sneaker might be more appropriate. And you might say, well, I don't like the color. It's not about how you look. It's yeah. can it put your body from a, a anatomical position? Yeah. Are you balanced, you know, so you're not injuring yourself? And um, and when you take care of all of those details, um, that can, you know, have an extreme uh, positive effect on injury reduction. It's like you always run the risk of getting injured doing anything, um, you know, even walking, you know, yeah. like if you're not wearing the right walking shoes, well, you still might walk for two years, but then two years and that next day you go out and wow, my foot hurts, yeah. never hurt before. Well, it's the cumulative effect of doing a lot of walking, not wearing the right shoes, and eventually it'll catch up to you. So where does one go to to get, I guess, fitted for the right shoes? Yeah. So, well, for example, here in Boston, uh, there's a, a chain of running stores called Marathon Sports, and they um, are run, they are a running-specific store. Like, you could go to a sporting goods store, and they will have, you know, the same running shoes, but they're not looking at, at your feet. You know, they're not actually watching you run. So when you go to a, a, a specialty running store, mm -hmm. they'll have a treadmill. They'll say, hey, hop on the treadmill. Let's mm -hmm. watch your gait. You know, again, does your hip kind of flare out to the left? Is your knee buckling to the right? You know, every and they say, okay, so your feet are this, this, or that. You're going to want that type of shoe. And then so you're getting fit specifically for your weight, body type, foot issues. And, and then they might say, you know, while this shoe will give you support, mm -hmm. you may want to go to a, you know, sport podiatrist, you know, maybe mm -hmm. get, you know, custom made orthotics, right. um, even though it might cost a little money now, it'll, you know, in the long run, it, it pays off. I've been in orthotics for 20 years, you know, from marathon running. And I mean, again, I've had my share of injuries. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the main issues of my feet just not being in the proper positions all been uh, remedied from the orthotics. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, what about an emotional injury? 
So that's where I come in. Um, well, dealing with the psychology behind it. Yeah. And, you know, so a lot, one thing that I stress a lot with sports psych and mental conditioning is I use the following three words to really describe what, what, what I do. And it's think, feel, perform. And if you take it into the context of running, I modify to think, feel, run. So the way you think affects how you feel, which affects how you run and how you're running will affect that next thought, that next feeling, right? And becomes one big mm -hmm. cycle. So if you're going into a run for the first time and, you know, you're a little nervous, I'm not sure if I can do this. So the thoughts are somewhat negative. Again, not that, you know, I'm the worst, but like, I don't know if I can finish this, whatever. Well, how's that going to make you feel? It might make you feel sad, right? It might make yeah. you feel, you know, anxious, you know, whatever. Now, if you're feeling that way, you're not going to run as, you know, effectively, efficiently, smoothly as you possibly can. Like your body is literally going to be tight, right? Well, that's not going to help. So you need to change the way you think, change the way you feel, and then ultimately control how you run. So, you know, when it comes to the think and the feel, again, that also ties into your goals. All right. Like what's the goal today? And okay. It might be to run a half a mile. All right. That's the end goal. How am I going to do that? Well, the first step is I literally need to get from my driveway to the end of the street. Right. And then from the end of the street, I'm going to be going, you know, around this block to the school stop. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of break down that run into these little segments. And mm -hmm. then so now what are you thinking about? You're thinking about getting from segment A to segment B to C to D, right? And coming back. That's a lot different than saying, you know, I better not get tired. This is going to be too hard, right? And so when you have that right type of goal, that process-oriented goal, it helps you think clearer. You feel better. Okay, I made it to that first benchmark, right? I made it to yeah. the second one. Oh, I'm feeling pretty good, right? And as soon as I loop around here, I'm going to be on on the on the way back. So now instead of oh, I have five, you know, uh, blocks to meet. Now I'm down to two, right? Now I'm on that last one and hey, I have, you know, that final little stretch. Let me see if I can sprint it, right? It's, mm -hmm. you know, 100 yards, right? Let me see if mm -hmm. I can sprint it. And all of a sudden now you're feeling good. You feel confident. And again, at all kind of cycles. And But it's mm -hmm. important to be in control of what you're thinking because if you're not, that negativity can creep in, you know, which can certainly harm you from a emotional standpoint. But another thing that I wanted to mention, being that I'm here in, in Boston, and I can't believe that next year will be the 10-year anniversary of the bombings at the Boston Marathon. And I remember, you know, not only when it happened, but that next year when I, I was working with one of the marathon teams, and there were a lot of runners who had run it the previous year, obviously couldn't finish, you know, because yeah. the bombs went off to stop the race. And they were having a lot of those thoughts. What happened? What if this happens again? And, and again, that emotional reaction to it. Yeah. Now, reality, what are the odds that it's actually good, that something like that will actually happen again? I mean, the odds of it happening in the first place are slim to none, right? But the fact that it's going to happen twice in two years, right? So what happens is like emotionally, you know, we start to, you know, create these thoughts and feelings that aren't based in reality. And mm -hmm. so we can easily distort things. Uh, and so if you, again, teach somebody to think in the, the, 
reality and not the distortion and not the worst case scenario, you know, you can help them balance it. And then I also, you know, will say to them, what's your real purpose for running this, right? Is it to raise money for these charities? Is it to prove mm-hmm. something to yourself, right? And now you're starting to feel good about yourself again. So emotionally, you can try to make that separation. Yes, you can certainly feel, you know, angry and sad and everything from what happened. But is that anger and sadness, is it going to help you during the race, right? And maybe a little anger can motivate you, right? But you don't want to run angry, right? Like maybe feeling sad for a minute puts things into perspective for you, but you don't want to run unhappy, like that's not going to help. And then again, that's where, you know, changing your mindset and everything kind of gets you back into that positive mood. It's a beautiful connection between the body and the mind and that that it sounds to me like a beautiful balance between being in the moment using what's in the moment towards the goals that you're setting for yourselves but also when things get in your head that are not as helpful to go back to that moment right to go back to that moment and say okay you know what is it that i'm doing this for and i think that's really it's so powerful and a lot of runners i'll have them create these little trigger words so it's you know think of the word And then that will mentally take you to an image, right? Or a place that Mm. makes you feel good, happy, which is how, again, the book came together with listening to the Grateful Dead on every single run. You know, their lyrics, I mean, they have some really, really cool lyrics and that just, and a lot of it actually meets the idea of running. They have a song called Fire on the Mountain. And the very first line is long distance runner. What are you standing there for? And so, you know, when the music speaks to you and literally in the activity that you're doing, it just, again, it gets your mind off of other things. And for me, I obviously have a strong connection between the Grateful Dead and a lot of positive memories. And so that's one of the reasons why I listen to them. And I love that name. I think it's so incredibly powerful. Grateful runner. Love it. Um, You actually are leading us to, to, what I was hoping you would help us with, what are some tips? You talked about songs, songs that speak to you. What are some tips for, um, for, for, for you know, hopeful runners uh, to, to set themselves in the right, in the right mindset to, uh, to prepare themselves to, towards their success? Yeah, sure. So I would say starting out um, from a motivational standpoint, have a purpose, a real purpose for doing what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going out to run, why am I running today? Like what, what's the purpose? And again, maybe it could just be, I want to challenge myself. I want to see if I can do this. Um, or, you know, three of my friends were going to run a race in six months and today is day one. So you want to have that purpose because when you don't have the purpose, it's easy to then drop out. Well, I'm not going to run today, but if there's a real reason behind it, you're more likely to, to stick with that goal. And so the goal setting is almost, I don't want to say it's like, you got you have to be motivated and then goal setting but they they are linked together so then if you have very you know specific challenging and realistic goals mm-hmm. um, that's another great mental tip because you now you're holding yourself accountable i wouldn't ask your friend what should i do today because then it becomes their goal right mm-hmm. and if they say mm-hmm. oh you should run this and then you don't well that's her fault right yeah. no here's what i'm going to do and I'm going to achieve it and I'm going to feel good about it because I set out to do it. Um, using a lot of positive self-talk. And, you know, when people hear positive self-talk, you know, it's, you know, I'm the greatest, I'm the best. But that's not really what positive self-talk is. I, 
kind of reframe it into positive instructional self-talk, right? Run faster. Okay. How? You know, focus on my breathing, right? Keep my arms moving, right? Make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm landing on the, you know, balls of my feet, you know, whatever it is. So I'm telling myself what I want to do, how I'm going to do it. That to me is the positive self-talk. Now, if I'm in a race, you know, I'll suggest to runners like, you know, I might see somebody 10 yards ahead of me and I'll say to myself, I'm faster than him, right? And then I, my pace literally starts to pick up and I pass by that person. And again, now I don't necessarily try to then keep that pace for the rest of the race because I may not be trained, you know, to right. handle that, that pace. But that's where I use, you know, positive self-talk. And I'll also have the runner tell me, if you had to describe yourself in three words, when you're running your best, and let's say you've never run before, just when I'm feeling my best, mm -hmm. what would be three words to describe it? And, you know, like a runner might say, you know, focused, positive, strong, like those are the three things that come to mind. Well, on your run, when your mind starts to wander, which it will and let it wander, like you can't be like, you know, hyper focused on one thing for a minute or three hours. Um, think about those three things like, am I focused, strong, powerful, or, you know, whatever your three words are, because again, that gives you a positive angle in terms of what you're yeah. thinking about. It's all about you and about what you know you're capable of. And again, maybe you start thinking about that for 30 seconds, for a minute, it shifts you out of any negativity you might have, and it puts it back on the positive. Yes. And I think, I think living in the current world, I think the idea of being that focused on something so uh, intentional and so helpful also serves a really greater purpose of just kind of tuning all of the stressors of the world out, you know, and I think that's really beautiful and powerful. Would you share your website with us so our listeners could uh, access your your book and um, and all your resources? Sure. So it's gratefulrunning.com. And uh, there's a link to the book on there. You can get the book, I believe, on Amazon and through the uh, publisher, which is Lulu Publishing. But there's all those links uh, right, are on the Grateful Running website. Um, and, uh, you know, other little uh, tips. I was uh, featured a couple of years ago in Runner's World magazine. I think there might still be I like a link uh, to that. So there's a you know a couple links, uh, you know, here and there. Uh, but just in general, if you Google, you know, mental conditioning for runners, you know, I'm sure you'll find a thousand different articles and really just mental conditioning, right? It doesn't matter what it's for. And just, you know, real quick, even though a lot of our discussion today was about mental conditioning for runners, Everything that I've talked about, it's the same I use with a basketball player, you know, mm -hmm. with, with a golfer or with people in the business world. So I do a lot of executive coaching, just really taking the principles of sport and performance psychology and applying it to a sales manager, a doctor, like anyone who is a high performer, right? It's about motivation, pos you know, positivity, you know, realistic goals, all of these things, um, you know, transfer over. So any type of mental conditioning will help. And of course, if you want something specific to your activity, good thing for Google, you know, it's all out there. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you so much again, Dr. Grayson Kimball. You were wonderful. Thank you for teaching us so much about this incredible, in empowering piece of being a human being. So once again, I am Dr. Aurelia Bickler. Thank you for joining us today. Stay tuned for our next podcast. 
Until then, breathe intentionally, laugh wholeheartedly, connect within and towards people who inspire you and who bring you joy.